and welcome to another episode of A Little Spooky. This is the show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like ghosts, cryptids, conspiracies, UFOs, aliens, or the swift, sudden, and intense realization that you drank one cup too many of Smooth Move Tea. My name is Colleen. My name Everett. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that tea. I Okay, so for people who don't know, there is a line of teas called traditional medicinals, and they make all kinds of herbal teas. Like there's a chamomile, 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 chamomile. Well, you said chamomile the first time. <laughs> there's a tea for sleepy time. There's like an anti-stress tea. There's like a throat coat tea that has echinacea in it. And I was like, hey, I think it's time I try the smooth move tea, which you can imagine the herbal remedy that that is for. And I, I've had the sleepy time tea and I've had the stress tea and I've had the cold tea. And like, it doesn't really work that well, like as a medicine. And they sell it in the tea section. So it's not like sold as a medicine. It's tea. It's tea. Right. So I was like, you know what? This can't hurt. And if if anything, I'm getting a cup of tea. That's good. So I had a cup before bed, as instructed on the package. Nothing happened. I waited the six to 12 hours. Halfway through the second cup, I decided to try. It all went downhill from there. I wonder what would happen if you just ate the tea raw. I mean, obviously, that would, be, well, that would be tough, obviously. But like, do you think you get a more potent effect from no. just eating it? No, I don't think so. Eating some nice crunchy leaves. All I gotta say is I have a newfound respect for herbal remedies and traditional medicinals. You make an effective product, but at what cost? When are they going to make a get money quick tea, huh? Uh, I don't know, but I, I, I recommend it. It tastes pretty delish, but stick to one cup. Holy shit. You, you like to shit? Drink that shit. Yeah. So today... Today. We're talking about something, Which obviously, is? but I want to say up top, Colin doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. I've been keeping I it a secret. Don't. And it's been annoying because I've been wanting to like get the title down for this episode and he won't tell me. So it's saved as TBD on my computer and I hate that. The, the reason that I haven't told Colleen is because I wanted to have a surprise obviously um stick to the end of the episode if you're interested in the subject matter because i'm going to make a surprise announcement at the end of the episode okay so today halloween's over it is it's done day of the dead's over that was yesterday yes as of recording yes it's Christmas time. No, it's not. It's not Christmas time. And we can't. I'm not bringing this argument <laughs> up again. Colleen and I have been arguing about this all day. I. The, it's gotten personal. It's Christmas time. It's Thanksgiving season. And because it's Christmas time. This is America. We am, live in America. I am in the it's mood. Thanksgiving time. I am in the mood to go where it's snowy and cold. We're going to talk about. Old Norse monsters. Okay, that has nothing to do with Christmas. You didn't even have to bring that up. <laughs> it is Thanksgiving season. I don't understand why everybody has to skip the best holiday in North America. 
I don't get it. I'll never get it. Christmas has its own time. Nothing like taking advantage of Native Americans and taking their land so we can be thankful says together. The, says the person whose favorite holiday is Halloween, the Christian bastardization slash theft I'm of all, a pagan holiday. I'm all about bastardizing Christianity. Yes. I'm just saying, don't get all holier than thou. I'm just, pu- I'm just making fun. I know. Coming, coming it get, hurts, get over it. Shh. Because we're talking about Old Norse myths and monsters today. All right, I'm in. So when you think of a monster from like old Scandinavia, Germany, Iceland, these areas, what comes to mind first? Like, what, what, what do you think is the most popular Norse monster? Monster? Yeah. Because when you say Beast, Norse... monster, creature, cryptid, whatever. We're going to talk about all of them today. I wouldn't even know. I mean, when you say Norse, I immediately think like Thor, Odin. Those are the gods. I'm just saying the monsters. Norse monster. Trolls? Yes. Ah. Obviously. Oh, obviously. Trolls and giants. Okay. They're like the number one thing. Um, They're arguably, and I would just say definitively, the most famous of all monsters to come from Norse mythology. So to this day, they're still heavily represented in so much Western media, whether it be like Harry Potter, Attack on Titan, Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings, and a bunch of other movies and shows and stuff. The trolls that we know today originate from the giants that rivaled the Norse gods. So these giants were called the Jotunar, and they resided in a realm called Jotunheim. Okay. The Jotunar varied greatly in size and appearance. So we call them giants, and a lot of people who have seen like the the Thor Marvel movies call them like the Frost Giants, right? Okay, yeah. That's definitely some of them, but as a whole, they lived in a different realm entirely. So they varied greatly, just like how in any sort of mythology, there's so many different creatures on Earth, right? Like... Look at Greek mythology. There's like centaurs, but then people, and then gods. Okay. It's the same thing with yeah. the, the Jotnar. So like there's giants, but they're also just a bunch of different versions of them. Okay. The most famous ones were definitely described, and I shouldn't say the most famous, the most often cited ones were the ugly, big, stinky bastards. 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 <laughs> Okay. Most of these stories would mention how primitive they were in comparison to humans or gods. And when Christianity arrived in Scandinavia, many of these stories kind of changed a little bit to envelop Christianity. Mm -hmm. So now a famous myth involving trolls and giants were that when you're in the presence of them, they can smell the blood of Christian men. Huh. So, like, they're the antithesis to Christianity, basically. Okay. Well, um, do they eat people? Is yeah. Is this like a fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the bread there's blood so, of a Christian the, man? Yeah, there's so many different versions. I mean, like, if you're looking at old religious texts, it's like, there are literally just different versions of gods. Maybe not quite as powerful, not quite as powerful, but then there's the ones that just fought humans, and they're a lot more like the ones that you would have seen in Harry Potter. Where they're just big-ass dudes, maybe like 10 to 15 feet tall, carried a club, lived in the forest or the mountains. They smelled really bad. So, like, what is the origin of trolls? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is it that somebody saw and was like, that's a troll? 
Who came up with the first troll? Depends on what kind of answer you want. From like a mythology standpoint, they've been around since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But if you want like a more cryptid standpoint, probably the boulders, honestly, where they look oh. kind of human. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. But like in a lot of different mythos, not just Norse, but like in Asian, where there's very large giant dragons. It's like anything that's larger than life is intimidating. Mm-hmm. They're just the complete rivals to man and gods. Sure. These trolls. Got it. And I'm just keeping it vague because we're going to talk about specific ones later. Let's talk about the Kraken. Let's. Yeah. So this is the only other one that most people listening will probably know. So we're just going to skim over it a little bit. Obviously in very popular movies like Pirates of the Caribbean, pirate movies, books. Everyone knows what the Kraken is. Most of most of the time it's depicted as like a giant squid or octopus, and it will like drag down ships and sailors warned about going into certain parts of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, one particular thing I thought was interesting from like more old tales from Norse mythology is that it's usually a giant crab. Oh, that's... Eh. That's actually arguably scarier to me because of the claw. Can you imagine a giant ass lobster just <laughs> kind of scuttling after your ship? I think a giant crab would definitely be more intimidating, but they I don't think they're the ones that would like drag down ships in those tales. They were just literally giant crabs. And if you encountered them, they would probably kill you, snap you in half, little snip snip. All right. And eat you, obviously, too. But I just thought I'd throw that there that. There's just a little difference with crabs versus the ones we know. Octopuses. Let's talk about some ones we don't know about. Okay. Fosgrimmen. It's new to me. To put it simply, the Fosgrim is the Norse version of the Grim. They were usually described as attractive young men who sat naked under waterfalls. That sounds Mm. dangerous. And according to Scandinavian legend, Fosgrimmen played the fiddle. Much like the devil we know in Western mythology. Interesting. Why is that? Well, is the fiddle the devil's instrument? Interesting that you say that. Because instead of typical fiddle music, when a Fosgrim would play, and I'm using that kind of interchangeably, Fosgrimmen is plural. There's not just one. Right. Are, it's like a, it's like a race of right. being. So the music that would come out of their fiddles would sound like nature. It would sound like the wind and rustling leaves and trees, running water and rivers and streams. That's like the literal sound that would come out of the fiddle. Why wouldn't why why make a fiddle that can do that when you could just go outside? Mm. Why you got why do you gotta learn that? It see, learning an instrument is hard. Why would you learn an instrument when you could replicate the exact same sound by like standing in a forest? Very interesting. Th- those questions are the exact points I wanted to make. Oh. And like, I, Colleen is completely unprepared for this, but like, it's interesting that you bring those questions up specifically. Um, so kind of to answer those questions, s- some, if not most of these Fuskermen are kind of ambivalent towards humans. They would just kind of collect souls, especially ones that drown in water or at sea. Uh, but others have been known to lure people in with this music. The reason that they're able to do so is because it sounds natural, 
but much louder than it should. So like if you are familiar with an area and you know there's a waterfall and it's, you know, maybe 300 yards away, there's no reason that it should sound like it's running right on top of you. Right. So this lures people in. And typically these stories will say that they're trying to lure in mostly women and children for whatever reason. But that's not always the case because there are a couple stories of men being lured. They're just kind of associated with that, like, because they're so evil, they're only going after women and children. What is a, a wet, naked man luring these people in for? Does he eat them? Does he just use them as slave butlers? Well, I think it's just malice, because when a human does arrive to the home of a Foscrim, they drown him. Oh, okay. So it's like a murder thing. Yeah. And it is interesting that you said, why would anyone want to play like that, right? Well, everyone apparently did. Because if you really wanted to learn how to play like the Foskerman, you would go up to one. And there's a couple different stories on how, like the method, like the method you would do this. But you can basically ask one to teach you and to tutor you how to play like that. And if you bring a piece of stolen meat, and there's different types you can use, but it wants stolen meat. <laughs> okay. And it will entice a Foscrim to teach you. And then there's like, if you're good at it, like if you're, I guess, apt at learning how to play fiddle in this manner, you will play so hard and so fast and so well that your fingers will bleed. And, like, you'll become little nubby fingers, I guess. But so the thing what, is, you're using, like, some sort of string or strumming what, thing, right? Bow? Yeah, but, I mean, you still have, there's frets on it. Yeah. Now, um, if you are aware mm. that your fingers are going to fall off, why would you want to learn this instrument? Because you can't stop playing. It's so good. But why would you start if you're aware of this myth? It's so enticing. Okay. What if? What if you're a lonely... Beta cuck. <laughs> and you just want to entice a lady. What better way to entice her with the sound of beautiful, natural music? All right. So that that lonely man needs to search out naked men under waterfalls with yeah. a piece of stolen meat. Slap it at that guy and say, teach me. What Don't drown me. Teach me how to play an instrument that will essentially amputate my fingers. Absolutely. What a Chad move. <laughs> totally alpha. Now, my question is, if he's continually playing, how's he going to use it to lure a lady? Well, that's just during the learning process. Okay, so you go amputee finger and then you can stop. I was, I was kind of exaggerating a little bit. I, I think the, the idea is that you won't stop playing until you master it. So you go to the point of bleeding. You don't actually like lose your fingers. Okay. But like you. Not, it's still unappealing to me. I mean, I, fun fact about me, mm. took harp lessons yeah. from fourth grade through high school. That's how you got me. That's how I snagged Everett um, with the dulcet tones of the harp. I mean, yes, your fingers bleed when you learn how to play any string instrument. If you're doing it wrong, <laughs> like I did. <laughs> well, apparently it bleeds if you just do it so well. 
when you're a master at this craft. I just, I'm, you can't play the sounds of a running waterfall crashing onto a boulder below. No, you are very right. You're right. You're right. I, I just, I don't see the appeal. Well, in my reading, I found another creature that was very similar to the Foscrim, but I wanted to kind of like talk a little bit about it because it is a little bit different. It's called the Noken. And the Noken is another creature from folklore that is often associated with water and residing in water. Uh, usually in this case, living in lakes and deep ponds, almost always fresh water. And this monster is said to have deep, dark eyes that lurk just below the surface. There's a Swedish version of the Noken story, and they describe him as a beautiful man who tricks women into jumping into the water and then drowns them. So it's kind of similar to what we talked about with the Fosgrim. But the difference is that the Noken is a shapeshifter who can become a white horse and let children ride on his back. But and, why, though? And a lot of these stories refer to the Noken as a great violin player. Not a fiddle player. Oh, very different. So, the you ask why? I mean, it's to kill kill them. It just wants to kill children. Okay, so here's what I find interesting about these. Mm. In almost every other folklore that I know of, the evil child snatching monster is a lady, or it's a, like an evil lady luring men to their deaths. So what is it about Norse mythologies, folklore, where it's the men that have suddenly become... I mean, in this very small sample, it has been men. But the great thing about Norse mythology in general, if you learn from doing much reading, it's very representative. Meaning? Men, women, gender fluid. Okay. All have a part. Now... Why do they want to kill people? Do so, they eat them? No. For for these two, it's literally just the act of doing it. I think with in the context of the Fosgrim, it is like the Grim, so it's kind of like reaping the souls of the damned. Okay. Um I and we can talk about this maybe sometime in the future, but I think they specifically work for certain gods too, to bring them to a certain afterlife and there's many different afterlives in Norse mythology. So I think some of them do work for maybe Njord, who is the god of water. Okay. God of the winds. Um but with the Noken, I think he's just a dick. Really? All right. Um one thing I did want to say too, uh to protect yourself from the Noken, you can throw an iron cross or iron needle into the water that it resides in. But if it attacks, the only way to overpower it is by confusing him with a clever riddle. Uh, I do know that many men get distracted by riddles and limericks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've gotten out of so many speeding tickets with a well-placed riddle. <laughs> now let's be a little more representative. Let's okay. Talk, let's talk about a lady monster. Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about the Haldra. Okay. The Haldra are either troll-like women or... Female trolls. It's kind of interchangeable. Okay. They live usually in the woods, but sometimes the mountains too. And although the Huldra often has a beautiful appearance, she's also wild and has the tail of a cow, which will often hide behind her back when she's meeting with a human. So it's a troll. You can you know what she is. No. But she you hides don't. her tail? 
Yes, because if you find her tail, if you see she has a tail, then you know what she is. But how? Otherwise I thought she, trolls were big, ugly wieners. No, like I said before, they have all shapes and sizes. Okay, yes, you're right. So it looks like a beautiful woman from the front. So what makes her a troll? She comes from Jotunheim. Okay. Uh, okay. So the Holdra attempts to seduce men into the forest or the mountains in order to convince them to marry her. If they decline, she would usually keep them hostage until they either agreed or died, whether from starvation, thirst, or just old age if they keep denying. At one point, if the man finally agrees, the Holdra will lose her tail at the wedding, but become hideous. However, she will gain the strength of ten men. Okay, there's so much wrong with this. First off, why this lady need a dude anyways? She's so desperate to get married. Marriage is a social construct, especially if you're asking to marry a stranger that you don't know. And is she aware she's going to become hideous? She's forced this guy to marry her. So No, 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 no. She didn't force him. She did take him. She essentially keeps forced him hostage, him. but she can't force him to marry. That decision has to be made by the man. But you don't think that withhold, like kidnapping them is considered forcing them into agreeing to marry her? You would think, but from my understanding, even though they can be very persuasive, they will never harm you. So what is it about like the marriage ceremony that she pulls a Shrek? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking that whole, the whole time, too. I don't know. There's some sort of like ancient magic involved, like the... An oath is a very important thing in Norse mythology, and a marriage is a type of oath. So maybe there's some kind of bonding that happens, and then I don't know if like this ugly, hideous troll is the true form, or if they just become that after a marriage is complete. I don't know. I just think it's weird that the implication of this is this man is forced to marry this lady who kidnapped him. And then lured him, lured him and then kidnapped him, essentially coercing him to marry her. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to. And she turns into an an ugly monster. So like a super strong, ugly monster. (laughs) Basically, the moral of the story is like women suck and they're they're ugly and they only force you to do what they want you to do. But also they're stronger than you. What is what does that mean? What is the point? But the thing is, here you you were just saying how all these previous stories weren't representative of women because it's usually in other cultures the woman that entices the men and lures them into the water and kills yeah. them. Why can't there be a man that does that? I think the weird thing is the marriage part for me. It. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a weird symbology involved with marriage, but. I wouldn't necessarily say this is a bad thing because the marriage only happens when the man finally agrees. So if that oath is to be made, it can't be broken. So that marriage stays intact and they're together. So even though she's hideous, you may truly love her. Plus, she's super strong. She can do all the wood chopping and yeah. stuff. I, I and mean, ward off enemies. I, I guess I just am under the assumption that if you were coerced in that manner, you probably don't love her. Just saying. Here's some more interesting. Consent is real, people. Very true. That's why I made the point that does have to be a legitimate marriage. <laughs> um, but here's some more interesting tidbits about the Huldra. 
So after the introduction of Christianity in Scandinavia, the Holdra was kind of actually weaved into the story of Adam and Eve, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. When Eve had many children, the Holdra would bathe them when God came to visit. However, Eve hid some of the children that were still dirty and lied to God about their whereabouts. She didn't want them to be bathed for whatever reason. I don't know why. But God said that the hidden children should remain hidden, and they became lost souls living underneath the earth. What? (laughs) Wait. Eve doomed her own kids, and God was like... Not on purpose. I I was under the impression that maybe she thought the Holdra was some sort of like imposter, or if her children were bathed, it was something unnatural. So she was trying to protect her children Mm -hmm. and kind of keep them in a little more natural state in the way that they were dirty. Um, but then when God found out, they had to stay hidden and became weird dwarf-like creatures. So God was like, these children had no say in what Eve wanted, um, but fuck them. I mean, what else is baptism? Ooh, touche. Um, one implication that I got from that story is that, and I kind of mentioned it already, I, I can't find any like supporting evidence for this, but my takeaway is that these lost children underneath the earth are kind of like the dwarves which are also a part of norse mythology too there's like the elves and the dwarves just like they are in like lord of the rings and stuff Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's actually the case or not because dwarves kind of have their own realm too and this is also post christianity being introduced into scandinavia so i don't know if they kind of like tried to retroactively make dwarves the offspring of those children that were underneath the earth or not okay I don't know, just something to think about. Interesting. Let's talk about Pesta. Sure. So the Black Death was a very significant tragedy for all of Europe, but especially in Norway. In, oh, really? In Norway, it's believed that almost half of the population was lost compared to, on average, the third that was lost in most other countries. Why is that? Uh, I think just isolation. So once it got there, sure. they had nowhere to go. Yeah. I don't know. I assume that's why. But either way, it was very, very prevalent in Scandinavia, but especially Norway. And the plague eventually created its own monster called Pesta. Not the plague itself created it, but the introduction of the plague Right, yes. No, the idea. Right. So Pesta is a manifestation of illness itself, often appearing in the form of an ugly old woman dressed in black. Pesta is a wandering spirit that travels from farm to farm carrying a rake or a broom and spreading the plague. If she was carrying a rake, then some of the people at that farm might survive. But if she was carrying a broom, the entire family would die. I like the concept. I do. It's like a 50-50, like, we might die, we might not. Right, and I, I like that kind of, like, use of broom and rake, because broom sweeps up everything, but if you're raking something, you're going to lose bits in between the little tongs, I guess you could call them, of the rake. Yeah, I like that. It's very, uh, I don't know, I just like the idea of of plague personified. Though there's a lot of cultures that have something like that, like uh, Pandora's Box, she released all of the illnesses the and evils. And, yeah. and I guess if you think of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, there was one, the the one horseman that was like 
illness or, or something. Pe- yeah, pestilence. I think this is different though because it's specifically in regards to the Black Plague. Right. So so she hypothetically no longer exists. Though now she re-exists because of COVID. <laughs> maybe. Maybe there's a COVID version where it's like a nurse and she has <laughs> vaccines in one instance and the other it's she has a I mask in one hand and, and a, a go trump video. sign in the other. <laughs> um yeah i don't know I, I i think that is interesting because even though stories of pesta survive like this is definitely not a common one anymore just right like you said because the plague's gone but it's interesting like if you're at home in your norwegian cabin Mm-hmm. You look outside and you see a mysterious woman with a broom. Horrifying. And not just mysterious. Like, she's absolutely hideous and she smells and she's dressed in all black, too, which is like a omen of right. itself. But, like, you see that and you go back inside and you're like, eh, must have been my imagination. And then the next day, everyone gets COVID. <laughs> Horrifying. Yeah. Here's... One of my favorites. This one's cool. Okay. And a lot of people might know about this one already because it does appear in a lot of like video games and stuff. It's called the Draugen. That's the plural, at least. Okay. I don't know that one. The Draugen are a Norse legend that are particularly feared by sailors. A Draugr, singular, is a huge and terrible monster covered in seaweed and often seen sitting in a rowboat. Most believe that they are the ghost of men that have drowned at sea, but others say that they're the Jotnar that are trapped in Midgard. So Midgard is Earth, and the Jotnar are the giants from Jotunheim. Mm-hmm. A Draugr screams when he appears from the water, and legend says that you can see Draugen during stormy nights, usually drowning fishermen. They can increase their size at will in order to drown larger vessels. And it's said that you can usually smell them before you see them, since the stench of death follows wherever they go. Huh. I like the idea more that it's a drowned sailor. That's usually more common, too. I think the kind of connecting it in with more stories of mythology, it's kind of like a retroactive thing that a lot of people are doing right now. It's because there's kind of like a romanticism, like revitalization of Norse mythology happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very traditional to say it's kind of like a, a spirit lost at sea. Yeah, that's cool. And today, the dragon are still associated with anything mysterious out at sea. So anything that w- weird that happens, not even related to a drowning vessel or someone being lost at sea, if anything happens that's weird at sea, it's usually blamed on a Draugr now. Ghost ship. Yeah. Can you see that's a ghost ship filled with the spirits of drowned sailors? That's badass. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Famous ghost pirate. I don't know if it was in Pirates of the Davy Caribbean. Davy Jones? Yeah, I was thinking of SpongeBob <laughs> and Davy Jones. Here's an interesting one, too, and I never knew about this one, and I will do a quick shout-out to our friend Brian, who actually... Brought this up to us. Uh, I didn't even realize this was a creature. It's called the Myling. So in Norse folklore, the Myling are, which is the plural, are the incarnations of the souls of dead children. They are forced to roam the earth until they can persuade someone to give them a proper burial. Does that sound familiar to you? Mildly. 
we just had an episode about the aswang a couple weeks ago. Uh, and this is almost exactly the same as what was called the Tianak. It's basically just a ghost baby or a ghost child. So the Myling comes into existence when a child is unwanted and killed by its mother. They can be heard singing at night, usually the words revealing that they were murdered by their mother. Ugh. If you're unable to give a myling a proper burial, there may also be a way to pacify it by naming it, since it was never named in most circumstances. Okay. So if you just hear a weird crying thing and it's coming closer, but you you know are maybe in an area that's rocky and you can't bury it somewhere, mm-hmm. um, give it a name. Name it. Be friendly. Okay, so your name's Jeff. My name's Jeff. And then the, the ghost baby's like, oh, <laughs> I'm Jeff. I am Jeff. I am Jeff. And then they like, they're chill and they disappear. Maybe. To the netherworld. Maybe, but maybe not. Because this is an interesting part. The Myling is said to chase lone wanderers at night and jump on their backs, demanding to be carried to a graveyard so they can rest in hallowed ground. Mylings are thought to be enormous and apparently grow heavier as they near a graveyard to the point where any person carrying one could sink into the soil. And if one should prove unable to make it into the cemetery, the myling becomes enraged and kills the victim. So imagine, like, carrying a sack of potatoes to a destination, point A to point B. And as you get closer and closer to point B, the sack of potatoes just keeps doubling in size as you get closer. That's basically what's happening here while it's like crying and probably pounding on your back. Like, bury me, bury me. It's like real kids, though. They're they're so (laughs) heavy. You don't realize how dense a child is until you pick it up. Now, my question is, this is supposed to be a spirit. Or is this the actual body of the child? Because how are you supposed to bury a spirit? Yeah, that's a good question. It's kind of one and the same in Norse mythology, just in general, when it comes to spirits. Uh, Usually they have a physical manifestation. And they just be like, afterlives are weird in Norse mythology. Hmm. Like, you, you have a spirit, but it's always in a body, too. So if you're to die and go to hell... You, like, basically remain in the same body for all of eternity. What if you're cremated? We might talk about that someday. Because there's so many different afterlives in Norse mythology. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But now, I wanted to talk about a couple more monsters. And these last two monsters are straight out of Norse mythology. A lot of these other ones are kind of like oral tradition, like in, you know, certain poems and stuff. But these ones are actual gods. You could argue gods. Some say they aren't. But the first is Fenrir. Fen- like the wolf. Yeah. So a lot of people might remember like the character Fenrir Greyback from Harry Potter. Basically kind of just alluding to the wolf-like nature. Because Fenrir is the infamous wolf of Norse mythology. And he's the son of Loki and a giantess named Angraboda. Fenrir is massive and has an insatiable appetite. So the gods were freaking out when they found out about Fenrir because of his enormous size and massive strength. And 
they thought that if they didn't pacify him, this evil would spread and destroy everything. So they devised a plan, and they were going to bind him with a magical chain. And this chain was made out of the sound of a cat's footsteps, the beard of a woman, the breath of a fish, and other extremely rare elements. Basically, the breath of a fish. Yeah, they're all oxymorons. Kind right. Of. The gods could not overwhelm Fenrir when they were attempting to chain him, so the god Tyr offered his hand in return for Fenrir to be locked. And when the chain was placed upon him, Fenrir bit off the hand of Tyr. Then he was gagged with a sword and is destined to lie bound to a mountain until Doomsday Ragnarok. And that is when he will break free of his bonds and attack the gods. And according to one version of the myth, Fenrir will devour this son, and in Ragnarok he will fight against Odin and swallow him. Then Odin's son Vidar will avenge his father, stabbing the wolf in the heart and tearing his jaws apart. Okay, so this is less of a monster and more of like a cautionary apocalyptic tale. Depends on who you ask, but a lot of people think that Fenrir is very real. And he is currently bound and awaiting the end days. All right. To each his own, I guess. Now let's talk about Fenrir's brother, Jormungandr. In Norse mythology, Jormungandr is a sea serpent and the middle child of Loki and the giantess Angraboda. He is also known as the World Serpent. And according to the Prose Edda, which is one of the two most cited sources in Norse mythology, Odin took Jormungandr and tossed him into the great ocean that encircles Midgard, which is our ocean. The serpent consumed so many humans and animals that he grew massive enough to completely surround all of Earth, and nothing could satiate his hunger at that size, so he consumed his own tail, becoming the largest example of an Ouroboros. And that's like a very reoccurring symbol in so many different cultures, too. Snake eating itself. Right. Yeah. So it's said that when he finally releases his own tail, Ragnarok will begin. And Jormungandr's archenemy is the thunder god Thor, and they will kill each other at Ragnarok. So you already know who's going to kill you, huh? For, for, the, for most of the gods and the major players, yes, it's already been foretold. Just who, hasn't happened yet. Who foretold it? The Norns did. We can talk about them maybe someday because they're definitely, arguably, the most powerful entities in Norse mythology. And they're very creepy. If you're familiar with Greek mythology, it is a lot like the Three Fates. Okay. The Norns have similar, I guess, purpose. They're very different, though. But that's just the common comparison. Now, those were the monsters I prepared. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because of my announcement. Ooh, la la. So if any of this interested you, you might be interested in a new podcast that we are working on that will be released on Nerd Sloth. And it's going to be something that I'm not going to even name it yet because I'm still a little unsure about it. But what I want to do is talk about all of Norse mythology whether it be these stories that we talked about, Ragnarok, the creation myth, and different tales of certain gods. I want to talk about different gods themselves, different spirits, entities, and just life in general in old Norse days. We could talk a little bit about the Vikings, too. 
talk about new modern Norse paganism. There's a lot I want to talk about, and it's something I'm very interested in. So if that interests you, I'm hoping in the next month, maybe the beginning of 2022, is when we're first going to be putting these out. Yeah, but don't you worry, little spookies. This show is not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think anything's going to change with a little spooky. I think we're still going to do weekly episodes. Uh, This new podcast that I want to release is not going to necessarily have a regular schedule for uploading. I'm going to try and release at least one or two episodes a month. And I will be hosting it, but Colleen will still be here co-hosting to kind of learn as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something that I have been interested in, and I just want to talk about it as I do my own studies and research. Yeah, it should be good. So you just got a sneak peek, a little mm. taste of what might be to come. Yeah. So I'm working on that with Chris from Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. He's going to be helping me get it started, um, some back-end stuff, and we should be in your ears for that soon if you're interested in. Yeah, so check her out. We'll let you know when it comes out. Yeah, we'll make an annou- a formal announcement at that time on a little spooky, probably at the beginning, just so people are aware, and then also on social media, too. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I had for today for Norse mythology, but I believe Colleen has... Oh, I do. I'm going to bring it back to Spooky Town. Yeah. Now, I've always told, I haven't said this on the podcast, but I have always told you that um, someday when we are multimillionaires and we buy a mansion in a nice neighborhood, I want to just always have the lawn be just covered in crows. Just want crows. I want crows to just everywhere. I just want tree full of crows. I want the whole thing to be a murder. Just be awesome. Murder. The thing is, this town in North Carolina kind of beat me to it. According to the Associated Press. The AP. The AP. A North Carolina town finds itself under siege by buzzards and nothing the locals do to scare them off seems to work. Apparently, all of these vultures have picked this town. Bun. North Carolina. B-U-N? B-U-N-N. Oh, I I wish it was (laughs) B-U-N-G. Bung. They picked this town (laughs) and they congregate at every available location. One day there were 28 buzzards perched on a cell tower, 21 on the high school across the street, 58 in the yard of a certain lady's house, on her roof, along the fence, and on her garage. And they perched on the chimney, they eat the bricks, and pull down the bricks. Cool. (laughs) Restaurants are getting their roof vents eaten off, and nobody knows why they've chosen this town as their, like, something's up with Bun, North Carolina. (laughs) That's all I gotta Um, say. That's very interesting that this is happening, because there's, like, this current kind of And this isn't like super popular, but there's like this meme I've been seeing recently that we're as a human race at the end of our times and we are going to miss the Bronze Age of the birds. Oh, what? Yeah. What makes it the Bronze Age for them? Are they going to discover how they're just going to become more and more intelligent, especially crows, too? Because they're already very intelligent. Sure. And they're just we're, we're going to miss the moment when they kind of figure out how to not only use tools but make tools because they can already use tools in some capacity huh but we're going to miss that and i think this is 
maybe. This could the, be the start of that because yeah, like their their uh, discovery of fire, basically. Well, here's the thing. This is this just is going to show the decline of humanity's superiority amongst the other creatures of the earth, because aside from nobody knowing why these vultures are hanging out in Bun, they've <laughs> they've tried tons of things to try to like get these vultures out of town. In December, Bun High School fired a propane cannon all day and all night, which worked for a while, but the birds eventually returned. They also hung vulture effigies around the rooftop to deter <laughs> the birds from gathering, which did not work. These are black and turkey vultures, and see, they're like damned if they do, damned if they don't, because these animals are protected by federal law. Right. So you cannot like yeah, you hunt them, trap you them, can't shoot them down, shoot or them. You can't like you cannot harm them in any way. So it's like they've already. It's like they're taunting them. It's like they're like, we know you can't touch us. This is our town now. What if Bone is the gateway to hell? You said they made vulture effigies. Yeah. Well, you know, like, um, like I, I guess I'm I'm misunderstanding the point. Like, is it is it we're trying to work as a scarecrow, like to scare them away? Because you said yeah, it was to see, ward them away. But wouldn't that attract them? It's like, right. oh yeah, they're sitting right there. Let's join them. That's what I was thinking as I read it. Because you know, if you're trying to scare like birds away from like running into your windows, you put like a picture of a hawk right. there to you know kind of like deter them from like killing themselves against the glass of your window. Yeah, I don't think vultures have a natural predator. So what could you do? I don't. No. Why not, like, plant a bunch of sweet-smelling flower gardens? Vultures, like, barf and piss and decay. I think they'll take whatever's available. They'll probably eat that, too, really. Apparently, they're eating roofs, so. Yeah. I don't know. If you're in the town of Bun and you're listening to this, they probably send can't. me pics. I, I bet the telephone or the, the electric <laughs> poles are gone by now. How can they charge their they've, phones they've to listen chewed, to this? They chewed through all access to the outside world. Yeah. Bun is now Vulture Town. It's a very avian version of like Silent Hill or something. I love that. That's a spooky, spooky town. Anyways, I would love that except for crows and less damage. Vultures are pretty cool too, though. Turkey vultures, especially, they're awesome. They're little bald heads. They stink. Not little bald heads. Those big bald heads. Well, yeah, they're large, but they are some stinky ass birds. Anyways, that's the spooky news for this week. Um, I love it. If you come across your own spooky tale or if you want to, you know, send one over to us that happened to you or if you've written a story you would like us to send or if you would like us to read, you can send it over. Uh, you can send it through Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. All are at NerdSlothHQ. You can email us at podcast at nerdsloth.com. Send us your spooky stories. If you come across any spooky news articles, got any cool things to say, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. And if you have any feedback about our plans for this new podcast, too, you can always let us know. Um, you can join our Discord, too, if you want to talk to us that way. I believe there's an invite link in the description of all of our uh, social medias, definitely on Twitter. So check it out if you want to join us. Yeah. So we'll be back at you next week with something even spookier. Ooh, 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 ooh. Merry Christmas, everyone. 
Oh, God. Okay. Well, we love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.